Good morning and happy Wednesday to you. A day of penance for me. No, no I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is a great day. And welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Happy to be with you for the hour as usual. We've got a lot we're going to get to on the show today. So let's begin our morning together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, we believe in your love for us. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is, you know, I I have to tell you, I I need to... uh, I went to the dentist yesterday for routine dental exam, you know, and of course they get out all those tools that are just so terribly uncomfortable. And it was a whole different outlook like, all right, Lord, the, here here comes that one thing that I really don't like. Please apply this to the soul in purgatory that needs it, you know. I don't know how many souls went from purgatory to heaven yesterday. I don't. But I hope that I was able to help at least one of them. You know, I hope that that my suffering I got to tell my dentist this too because he's Catholic. He's a, he's a, a very devoted Catholic, and you know, thank him for the work he does to to lead souls to you know to help us offer our suffering for the souls in purgatory. Also, in the realm of suffering, I'm going to see my beloved St. Louis Cardinals play baseball later today, or at least attempt to play baseball, and I'm sure I'll have some suffering to offer some intentions there as well. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today we are here to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and we are going to continue to do that as we get ready for this wonderful solemnity. So we've got Sister Colleen Mattingly of the Apostles of the Sacred Heart of Jesus will be with us later on the show today to talk about uh, God's love and sharing that with the world. So that's all ahead here on Roadmap to Heaven. First and foremost, well, I don't know if it's foremost, but first, I know it's first. Let's go to Mike Roberts for our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Alicia the prophet. Alicia was born somewhere around the 10th century BC. Elijah the prophet was sitting in a cave on Mount Horeb when God told him his successor would be a man named Elisha. Setting out to find him, Elijah sees Elisha among a dozen farm workers plowing a field. Adopting him as a son, Elijah taught and guided Elisha for the next seven to eight years. Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion of his spirit as a prophet, and Elijah agreed, but only if Elisha would accompany him to his death. They went to the Jordan River, where Elijah touched the river with his mantle, causing it to part. And when they walked across, a chariot of fire and horses appeared, sweeping Elijah into heaven in a whirlwind. In the process, Elijah's mantle fell and Elisha used it to part the Jordan again and return. While spending time on Mount Carmel, he was asked to intervene in a conflict against the Moabites, made worse by a severe drought, and the next day they were defeated. Elisha was a prophet of Israel for the next six decades. He helped a poor widow multiply a tiny supply of oil, allowing her to take care of her family. He cleansed the contaminated waters in Jericho, prevented miscarriages, resurrected a child, 
changed poisonous gourds into healthy foods during a famine and fed a hundred men with just 20 loaves of barley. And all of this while time and again saving King Jehoram of Israel from various plots. On his deathbed, Elisha predicts three military victories, anoints Joash as his successor, and after he dies, a man touching his body is healed. Then, when he is buried, another man buried near Elisha is resurrected. Say to Elisha, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Sister Colleen Mattingly is an apostle of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. She's no stranger to Roadmap to Heaven. In fact, we're happy to welcome her back as we prepare for the solemnity of the Sacred Heart. And, Sister, now that we're doing interviews by video, I feel like you're really going with us into the future with your very futuristic background out of Creighton (laughs) University where you're coming to us from today. Yes, yes. I'm in the Harper Center, which has a very psychedelic sort of background here. <laughs> but but it's all blue. So we're going to say it's for the Blessed Mother and, and, and we're going to go with it. But sister, we are getting ready for the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I remember the last time you were with us, we were at the Seek Conference here in St. Louis. And one of the things we reminded our listeners was when talking about the charism of the apostles of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, part of your charism could be summarized as, you know, saying, uh, knowing that God loves us and then sharing that with the world. And wow, what a what an important thing that is for us to remember that God loves me, because sometimes when I look in the mirror, I forget to love me, but he doesn't. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's funny. It, it's such a simple concept, but it's one of the most difficult things to live into, maybe because of all the noise surrounding us. Sometimes that comes from our own minds, um, our own felt inadequacies or um, things that we expect of ourselves that maybe God doesn't even expect. And it's very hard to hear that voice that says, I am loved in this moment, not in that moment over there, not in that past moment back there, but in this very moment, God is passionate about my reality and is passionate about me today as I am, no matter what that looks like to me. It's a hard thing to embrace. For all of us listening right now to what Sister just said, you right there, it's God loves you in this moment right now passionately, not worried about that moment or the moment to come, but we're talking just about this moment right now. God loves you. I was reading the other day, I think it's Psalm 139, which says that we are uh, wonderfully made and that God knew us in the womb before we were born. And then it says later, what am I supposed to do with this knowledge? It's too much for me. And I think sometimes maybe we have a hard time in believing in God's love for us because when we really get down to it, it brings us to tears. It's it's almost our hearts can't hold it. It's too much for us. Nobody's loved us this way. And, and nobody can quite love us this way. We get glimpses of it, but it's almost like our hearts can't contain this kind of this kind of love that God has. You you know what's odd, sister, is sometimes it, it's almost paradoxical in that we have no problem rushing to our friends or to our loved ones or family members when they're feeling down and out to remind them, you know, God loves you. God loves you. I love you. We, we all love you. We love you. We have no problem with saying that. Isn't it strange that sometimes we just have that problem reminding ourselves, so looking in the mirror and saying, hey, 
I am loved. And just like you said with the, with the psalm there that, wait a minute, hold on, God, God loves me. He's loved me ever since he formed me in the womb. Yeah, and that the love of, of God, love of neighbor, and love of self is so intimately connected that if I go to my friend and I say, God loves you, but I don't believe God loves me, it's hard for me to really actually be getting in touch with the actual love of God if I'm leaving one of these parties out. Yeah. Or if I just say I love myself, but I don't love my neighbor, can I really say that I'm actually being influenced by the love of God or being receptive to the love of God. They're so intimately connected. Now, I would imagine that your foundress, Blessed Clelia Merloni, I imagine she had a lot to say about this, knowing the love of God and then sharing that with the world. Yes. Um, in fact, so every year as we get ready for the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, our congregation has a novena. So we pray uh, specific prayers up until the, the feast day. And this year, we decided to take some reflections from her diary. I was just reading this one the, uh, the other day, and she says, And kindle in my heart a burning flame of your holy divine love. Grant that I love no one but you, that my heart beat only for you, that I exhaust myself only for your glory. And I think for Clelia, she realized, much like perhaps all of us, we actually have to ask God to want to burn with his love. It's not something that perhaps comes naturally to all of us, you know. We actually have to beg God, give me your heart. Give me your heart so that I can love like you, so that I can be your heart in the world. But it's it's a request, it's a grace. All is grace, all is gift. So um, I, I love how Clelia, as incredible of a woman as she is, till her dying day was asking for his heart. Well, see, that gives us something new to ask for when we go to prayer. We've been talking a lot in the past few months about the importance of mental prayer and about spending that time with our Lord and just really basking in his presence and, and trying to listen to what he's trying to say to us. And uh, you know, I, I imagine if we're not saying, Lord, show me show me that you love me. Please tell me that you love me. Help me to know that you love me. I think of that great quote from the gospel, I believe, but help my unbelief. I imagine a, that's a large part of uh, your time with the sisters is, is spending time in prayer, asking for that very thing, just as your foundress did. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, on our seal for our congregation, in the upper half of the seal, we have a dove drinking from the heart of Christ, and that symbolizes our life of prayer. And at the bottom half of the seal is the dove going out on the boat to bring that love to others. And both parts of the seal are intricately related and depend on one another. So if I just love God in my prayer, but then am unkind to my sisters or to the people I encounter, then this is sort of like a love that I'm kind of just maybe creating. You know, it, it might not be reflective of God's actual love, because God's love um, invites us out. I would imagine then, too, that's part of your apostolic works with the uh, apostles, is that it's not just about going out and telling people God loves you, but really yourselves and then all that you come in contact with. I know you're very involved in education to help everyone know you have to go out there. You have to do these works of mercy. You actually, you, it, It's not enough to just say, hey, you're loved, but to actually be the hands and feet of Christ and, and love our neighbors. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
gosh, isn't it fascinating how much God's love and mercy is intricately connected because we mess up every day, you know, and um, have to have to ask for God's mercy to help us to start over again. Yeah. I think of the beautiful prayer that my daughters taught me, and actually they were shocked to learn. I learned this from my friends in high school who went to an apostle's high school. O sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O sacred heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. And maybe that's a good starting point for all of us. If we don't know how to pray, Lord, help me to know your love. Well, you could just pray that, Lord, help me to know your love. But to say over and over and over again, I believe in your love for me. Sister, I want to thank you for being with us on the show today. As always, if our listeners want to learn more about the Apostles of the Sacred Heart, where can they go for more information? Yes, they can go to www.ascjus.org, and you will find lots of things on Blessed Clelia, on the Sacred Heart, on our ministries. Um, and we are praying for you. Oh, I, we appreciate the prayers. Now, I, I do want to ask just for fun, because we always talk about with solemnities, we have to pray like Catholics, but we also get to party like Catholics. How do you like to celebrate the solemnity? Well, in, in the convent, what's a great way to, to celebrate a solemnity? Oh, my gosh. Well, let's see. Well, we always renew our vows. We try to do it in a parish that we are in uh, so that we can have like a public witness of our, our of our yes. Um, but then a good meal is always a fun way to celebrate the solemnity. And this year at Creighton, I think we're going to make cupcakes for the students, heart cupcakes or something like this to join in this festivity. It's a simple thing, but when you're a hungry college student, don't underestimate the lengths a great cupcake will go to. That's a good idea. Maybe we should hand them out to college students, spread Sacred Heart devotion through a cupcake. All right. Now I'm going to go home and get my baking stuff out, see if maybe the kids want to do that here too. But sister, thank you for for sharing that with us. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. All right, it's time for our catequiz this morning, and we're going to talk about the Immaculate Heart of Mary in our catequiz segment today. When we make the five first Saturday devotions, we are making them in reparation for blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But what are those blasphemies? Do you know the ones that are specifically named for this devotion? I'll tell you. Blasphemies against her Immaculate Conception. Blasphemies against her perpetual virginity. Blasphemies against the divine and spiritual maternity of Mary. And blasphemies involving the rejection and dishonoring of her images and the neglect of implanting in the hearts of children a knowledge and love of this Immaculate Mother. And I'll tell you, every time I read that last one, it reminds me how important it is to teach my children about the Blessed Mother's love for them and how she prays for them, how she intercedes for them, how she's there for them to trust their intercessions to, even if it's something that they, they're worried about or they're excited about, or but they just, for whatever reason, are afraid to tell mom and dad. Maybe, you know, one time they were really excited to give me a gift and they, they, they just wanted to tell somebody how excited they were. You know, they could tell the Blessed Mother and pray in Thanksgiving for that excitement. I'm going to leave our catechist segment with this quote. This is from uh, Sister Lucia, who said that Our Lady addressed her, saying, Behold, my daughter, my heart encircled with thorns, with which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment by their blasphemies and ingratitude. Give me consolation, you at least. 
and make known on my behalf that I promise to assist at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation all who on the first Saturdays of five consecutive months confess their sins, receive Holy Communion, recite five decades of the rosary, and keep me company for 15 minutes meditating on the mysteries of the rosary with purpose of making reparation to my Immaculate Heart. So by the way, that's where we get the five first Saturday devotion directly from the Blessed Mother herself through the children at Fatima. Let's get you at our daily dose of encouragement. We are midway through the week, and we are talking about the fact that some things need explaining here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And here with another explanation is Patty Schneier. Well, I'm pausing this week to talk about these issues that need explaining to help parents especially or grandparents in explaining these topics to young people because it's very easy to think that everything's the same or they may say well what difference does it make and so yesterday we talked about love is love that slogan and how we need to have some nuance and discernment and recognize that not all loves are equal well on Monday we talked about sin not all sins are equal today you may be facing a young person who says to you, all Christian denominations are equal. Really, it's all the same, right? It's no big deal as long as I'm a Christian. Well, there's an element of truth in that all religions do contain, Pope John Paul II said this, all faiths contain some element of truth. All are searching for God, and all Christian denominations proclaim Jesus as Lord. So you can start with that, that there are some things that are similar. There are some things that are the same. But here comes the explanation, the fullness of Jesus revealed by the church that he established and the sacraments that he gave us, that fullness is found in the Catholic church. There is a difference. And so we cannot make everything the same. There needs to be nuance in our explanation. There needs to be a deeper understanding that the Catholic faith is the one true church founded by Jesus Christ. Unbroken line of succession, the sacraments, the Eucharist, all of these things do make us different. There is a distinction. And we do need to explain that with love And with reverence for, of course, other denominations, but we cannot back down from the truth in our explanation. So I offer that for parents to not settle for the slogan that all things are always equal. And as a parent, Patty, that is a very helpful explanation for me. Thank you for this daily dose of encouragement. You may have heard that here in St. Louis, where our studios are located, we've been having a uh, slew of water main breaks all over the city. We decided yesterday that I, uh, you know, we're going to have a rubber ducky regatta. If they don't fix the water main break at the end of our street soon, we're just going to, everybody's going to get a rubber duck out. You're going to decorate it, do whatever. And then we're going to lift the gates and let them race down the, the curb and see who gets to the end first you know anything for a fun summertime activity here in st louis all right here's a couple practical ideas for you for friday for the solemnity of the sacred heart uh, number one go to mass as a family make it a special thing i'm there you know there are lots of options in the morning uh, at a parish near you there are many midday options depending on where you live and i understand there may even be some evening masses and some special celebrations as well uh, number two have a special dessert with dinner it is a day of feasting not a day of 
fasting. It's a solemnity. In fact, Father Wade and I taped an interview yesterday that we're going to air on Friday morning talking about the solemnity. And one of the things that we spoke about is how normally on Fridays, we they're penitential days throughout the year, not just in Lent, uh, but days of abstinence from meat or some other form of penance. But that is... Uh, that is abrogated on this Friday, that is set aside because it is a solemnity. It's a day of celebration. And, you know, now that doesn't mean it has to be lavish or outlandish or over the top. It could be, you know, maybe you get a cake and you decorate it with an image of the Sacred Heart. Wouldn't the kids have fun with that, decorating a cake uh, with red sprinkles even? Um, have some prayers together as a family. Maybe dress up for dinner. You know, do something fancy. But in all of this, remember, there's two components. There's the prayer component and there's the feasting component. There's the celebration. And the prayer is always first. But that doesn't mean we don't have some fun. Let's pray to close out our time together here on the show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Maybe go for a walk on Friday, praying the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary together, reflecting on the love of the Sacred Heart for you and for I. Maybe have a little backyard bonfire uh, and pray the litany gathered around the fire and then have some s'mores, you know? Something just to set aside the day and make it different than the other days this week. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Be sure to check out our podcast and all of our great podcasts from Covenant Network, such as Exploring Church History with Monsignor Michael Whip. Until next time, as the Blessed Mother would say, pray your rosary today.